Hi, and welcome to Get Growing's first official episode. My name is Joe Radinovich, and I'm the president of the Minnesota Hemp Association. We got our start about a year ago with a mission to provide advocacy, education, and business development opportunities that advance the growth and vitality of Minnesota's hemp industries from seed to sale. Our network includes farmers, processors, manufacturers, retailers, distributors, and service providers who are putting Minnesota on the map as a center of the hemp industry. The MHA has done a lot in its first year as we built our membership, provided information and education, and organized advocacy events and action in support of our hemp industry. Now we've launched the Get Growing podcast to find new ways to reach folks who are working in or supporting the hemp industry. We look forward to bringing you information, interviews, and new ideas via this platform. If you ever have ideas or feedback, you can write to us at contact at mnhempassociation.org. That's contact at mnhempassociation.org. In this first episode, we wanted to share some highlights from our recent four-part virtual event focused on hemp growing. We'll share some audio from those conversations as well as some thoughts on what growers need to think about this coming season. In our first webinar, we talked to Whitney Place, the Assistant Commissioner at the Minnesota Department of Agriculture and a great resource and expert on Minnesota's hemp industry. Whitney gave an update on our industrial hemp program, what it means to grow in the time of COVID-19, and what resources exist for our growers. First, Whitney caught us up on where we are today with Minnesota's hemp program. Um, But I just want to go through kind of a timeline of where we've been and how we have the program we have in Minnesota today. So the 2014 Farm Bill passed. um, It established the legal definition of hemp. It allowed hemp to be grown within a state's pilot program for research purposes, and hemp was considered a controlled substance by the federal government. So that's why we had to do a research pilot program. In 2015, uh, the Minnesota legislature passed the Minnesota Hemp Development Act, which allowed the Minnesota Department of Agriculture to oversee a hemp pilot program. Our first growing season in Minnesota was in 2016. Then in 2018, uh, the 2018 Farm Bill passed. Um, This was really exciting for all of us because it expands the existing definition of industrial hemp from the 2014 Farm Bill to include seeds thereof and all derivatives, extracts, cannabinoids, isomers, acids, salts, and salts of isomers. So it really broadened the definition. And it also defined hemp as an agricultural commodity that is overseen by the USDA. Um, not the DEA anymore. Um, So states and tribes um, must submit hemp regulatory plans via the Farm Bill to USDA for approval, including the licensing of growers, testing of hemp fields for THC compliance, and other items to be determined by USDA. Um, The Farm Bill amended the Federal Controlled Substances Act by excluding hemp from the definition of marijuana, and it allowed for interstate commerce of hemp. The 2019 USDA interim rule came out this last year um, on Halloween, which is an easy date for me to remember. Um, So the federal rule um, outlined requirements of states and tribes to oversee industrial hemp. We at the Department of Agriculture thought they took a pretty conservative approach to interpreting the farm bill, which we'll get into a little bit later. And then most recently in 2020, um, MDA did just submit our plan to USDA last week for consideration um, to oversee hemp in Minnesota. 
However, we are continuing to remain under the pilot program for the 2020 growing season. Some tribal governments in Minnesota are also considering submitting plans to USDA and we're in conversations with them about what their plans look like and what our plans look like and um, how they can be, how we can coordinate across them. Whitney also spoke about the Minnesota Department of Agriculture's proposed plan, which was submitted to the United States Department of Agriculture in March. Here's what she had to say on the application requirements and sampling and testing. Our MDA proposed plan, I think will be shared with you at some point during this presentation or after, but these are kind of the highlights that I wanted to cover today. Um, the plan's really dense and boring if you wanna read it, but you, you're certainly welcome to. Um, our application requirements in our plan for growers and processes or processors um, remain pretty much the same as what we do under the pilot program right now. So the slight difference is that growers are also supposed to register with FSA as hemp growers, um, which is a normal practice for anybody who is an existing farmer or who has farmed in the past. But we may need to do a little bit of outreach for some of those people who are just entering the industry and historically haven't been dealing with FSA. Um, the sampling and testing procedures that we submitted in our plan, um, you know, we've been keeping a close eye on what other states are submitting and we talk to other states every couple weeks. Um, and so we've, we've watched other states submit plans to USDA that have gotten rejected. So this has to do with a 15 day, 30 day timeline. So at this point, most of the other states whose plans have gotten approved um, have just gone with that 15 day testing period. And we think it's just to get it approved. They're not actually gonna be able to carry it out. And so we proposed kind of a creative solution. So we'll see what USDA says. Um, but what we've proposed is that since they do require every single field to be tested prior to harvest, we would just have the licensees do their own testing. And then um, MDA would come and test fields at random. And so that would get back to like our original proposal of doing randomized tests, but um, individual growers could send their tests to the labs, report it back to us. If it's under the 0.3 limit, then they could harvest. Um, we find, we think that this is a better use of resources and it would allow MDA to focus more on the varieties and operations that are more at risk um, to testing over rather than testing varieties that we know are going to be low over and over again. So we'll see what they say about that, um, but that's what we put in our plan. Understanding that the COVID-19 pandemic has had an impact on the hemp industry, specifically with CBD stores not being allowed to remain open as essential businesses here in Minnesota, Whitney closed with some resources that exist to support those in the hemp industry, both now and into the future. To make sure that this industry is successful and can remain successful um, even after this situation that we're all in. And so um, we have programs at MDA that really are focused more on farmers, but you know we are trying to bridge the gap so that we can connect some of our stakeholders with some of the other opportunities that are out there for COVID assistance. 
So first, our Minnesota Rural Finance Authority loan programs. I hope some of you are familiar with these, but if not, um, we'll, we'll be doing more outreach um, to the hemp industry about them. So MDA has a lot of low finance loan programs for farmers that you should all check out in normal times. Um, but in response to COVID-19, the Minnesota legislature authorized use of our disaster recovery loan program, which is just one of the loan programs under the Rural Finance Authority um, to fund uh, you know, needs for farm operations, experiencing any sort of loss of revenue from, from this COVID-19 situation. So these funds are available to farmers um, for expenses not covered by insurance. They can be used to help clean up, repair, or replace farm structures, as well as replace seed, other crop inputs, feed, and livestock. Um, this is a loan participation program, so the farmers would actually work through their local lenders, and then MDA um, comes in and then buys down um, a part of the interest rate. Next up, we spoke to Dr. J.P. Wenger, a research associate in plant and microbial biology at the University of Minnesota. JP is an amazing expert on all things hemp genetics and has been doing extensive research into feral cannabis. JP had a lot of great information to share, including how his work intersects with everyday growing. For example, he talked about work he's doing to find genetic markers in the plant that will tell us about its potency. Uh, we also said that high CBD cultivars tend to push their THC content above legal threshold even though they're of the CBD type. So our solution that we're working on is to develop those additional markers that will look for parts of the genome of the plant that will tell us about overall potency. And if we can do that, and it will be, that will be very useful in breeding, can be useful in predictive screening of seeds and clones. JP gave some advice on what hemp growers can do to keep their crops from going hot. I mean, I think in terms of practical producer recommendations in the meantime is to be willing to harvest your plants uh, a little bit earlier, not try to push to late maturity because the concentration does go up over plant maturity. Um, and then just being do, doing due diligence with uh, uh, where you're sourcing seed and clones and look for some, um, you know, um, certification of, of analysis that, that, that gives you some predictive um, confidence in what you're growing. Um, this, this is much less of a problem for, for fiber and, and grain varieties, even though I showed you that there are some grain plants in these varieties that will test hot. When you take an average sample in a field, um, if you end up with one or two slightly hot plants among 30 that are homogenized and then sent away for testing, you, you, that, those crops are not very likely to go hot because of that low frequency. But um, it's still a potential problem and, and it points out why, for instance, you don't want to save seed um, from a grain crop because the, the frequency could be going up in the next generation. That's kind of a rambling answer, but um, until we get some of these tests um, rolled out in an in a easily applicable way. Um, right now, you just kind of have to do due diligence. But um, the, 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 what we're really hoping is for things that will really predictively test these things, again, at the seed level or at the clone level, so you'll know before your plant, plants have reached maturity. 
As you can tell, we had some really great conversations with hemp experts to kick off this webinar series. The next two webinars talk about testing and its role in protecting your crop, as well as insights from Minnesota's most experienced growers themselves. We'll dig into those in our next episode of Get Growing. Stay tuned for that episode, which will be out soon. In the meantime, happy growing, and visit our website at mnhempassociation.org. That's mnhempassociation.org to learn more about what we're up to, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.